Good morning, folks. This is Randy Brunson with Centurion Advisory Group here on this episode of the Stewarding Family Wealth Podcast. Today, we are going to talk, this is going to be a session primarily for those of you that own businesses or perhaps are self-employed. We are going to talk about retirement plans. Hey, hey, hey. Now, what's the joy, the beauty, the excitement about retirement plans? Well, not so much unless it's your money and you don't like paying taxes. So for those of you that are listening that have a little money set by or you have a profitable business and you would prefer to keep more money in your pocket and send less to Uncle Sugar Daddy, then let's talk for a minute about retirement plans. So let's start with some definition of terms. Let's, what is this thing called a qualified retirement plan? Very simple definition. It simply means that this particular plan qualifies for special tax treatment if it meets certain terms and conditions. That's all it is. And those terms and conditions are laid out in the Internal Revenue Code, and perhaps they're governed by ERISA, the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974 is amended, some things like this. Now, here's an interesting definition. For purposes of retirement plans, what is the definition of income? The first definition of income, if we're talking about taxes, you look at the very beginning of the tax code, and in short order, shortly after you start reading it, if you're that brave, it says income is everything that you receive that is not specifically excluded. So if it's cash that touches your hands, it's considered income and subject to taxation unless by the tax code it's specifically excluded. Is that exciting or what? Yeah, or what? Okay, now, for retirement plan purposes, there is a subset of income that qualifies for retirement plan purposes, and that is earned income. Where do you find earned income? It's on your W-2. That's that statement that you get after the first year that says, Here much, here's how much money you earned last year. For, so for retirement plan purposes, the only kind of income that allows you to set aside deductible retirement plan contributions or to have retirement plan contributions made on your behalf for is earned income. It's on your W-2. And there's a whole discussion about earned income for purposes of tax reporting, but that's outside the scope of this short conversation. Earned income, W-2. Retirement plan contributions can come from your pocket or from your employer's pocket. So the retirement contributions that come from your pocket are the IRA things, individual IRAs, you know, tax-deductible IRAs, non-deductible IRAs, Roth IRAs, those kinds of things. Those are checks that you write personally. The other kinds of retirement plan contributions can come from the employer's pocketbook or in the case of things like a simple IRA or a 401k, they can be deducted from your pay through the payroll deduction process. Now, there are two general types of retirement plans. One is called a defined contribution plan, and one's called a defined benefit plan. So what are these things? Real simple. If you look at the phrase defined contribution, all defined contribution plans define the contribution in one of two ways. One is as a flat dollar amount. 
So, for example, in 2022, you can put $6,000 in an IRA. Is it deductible? That depends on how much income you have and some other things. But you can put $6,000 in an IRA. So it defines a dollar amount. That It defines the contribution as an amount. Or it defines it as a percentage, typically, of your pay. So, for example, on a SEP IRA, you can set aside as much as the lesser of 25% of your earned income or $61,000. So those are defined contribution definitions. They define the contribution as either a flat dollar amount or a percentage typically of your earned income. And the future balance of those accounts is completely unknown. So what do you get as a benefit when you retire? That depends on how much you want to take, what the balance is, how you figure out how you want to take distributions. All that's totally discretionary because what's defined is how much you can put in either dollar or percentage of income uh, definitions. And then it just grows, depends on how you invest it and how much you add to it and all kinds of variables. And you just have this indeterminate amount of money in the future at some point. The other kind of a retirement plan is a defined benefit plan. Now, the 21st iteration of defined benefit plans is generally what's called a cash balance plan. But if you go back to after World War II, starting in the late 40s, early 50s, and so on and so forth, there was a significant growth in the amount of what's called defined benefit plans. Now, many of us may have had parents Some of you listening are the beneficiaries of defined benefit plans, but many of us had parents or maybe you're a state or federal employee or a county employee where there's a defined benefit plan in place. Defined benefit plans, think in terms of the traditional pension plan. You don't have one? Welcome to most of America. Most people don't have the traditional pension plans. In order to be the beneficiary of a pension plan in the 21st century, you probably need to work for the federal government, the state government, or some county governments that still have pension plans in place. Are they fully funded? No. They are severely underfunded. Will you get the benefit? Don't ask me. I don't know these things. I can tell you that the state the state plans are severely underfunded. Illinois, New Jersey, and other tax-rich states uh, especially are severely underfunded on their on their pension obligations. But a defined benefit plan is uh, the traditional pension plan. And in the 21st century, those come in the form typically of what's called cash balance plans. So with the defined benefit plan, what is defined is not the current year contribution as a function of a dollar amount or a percentage of compensation, what's defined is the benefit and the way the terms of the plan are set up. It says, if you make this much money and you work here for this many years, then we are going to give you a monthly income at some point in the future, usually age 65. We're going to give you monthly income forevermore, amen, as long as you can steam a mirror. And by the way, you can also choose this box that says, when you die, your spouse or SO, your significant other, they get some monthly income as well. So what the what the pension plan or the DB plan defines is the benefit that you're going to receive provided you meet the terms and conditions outlined in what's called the plan document. And the plan document is simply this uh, written document 
signed by the people that make the decisions for the company that says, here's what we promise to do for our people that qualify. Okay? So that's some terms and definitions. So another one, oh, let me give you two or three more. IRA. An IRA is not an account, and it is not a product. An IRA stands for Individual Retirement Arrangement. IRA is nothing more than enabling legislation that allowed the IRA industry to be born. It allowed people to put money into these individual retirement arrangements, and the the legislation dates back now almost 50 years. But IRA stands for uh, Individual Retirement Arrangement. If you want to put money into an IRA, you'd need to pick a custodian. A custodian is a regulated financial institution who agrees to serve as an IRA custodian, and typically these financial institutions are going to be entities such as banks, brokerage firms, insurance companies, trust companies, or asset managers, mutual fund families. Okay, So those are the entities that agree to hold these assets because there are certain requirements that come with being custodian for an IRA. So let's say you've decided you want to open an IRA account because the legislation says you can, and you've chosen a custodian. Then you have to decide how to pick your investments. What can you invest in? Well, under current legislation, you can invest in just about anything except life insurance and uh, collectibles. You can invest in real estate. Uh, is that a good idea? That is an entirely separate session. That's two. Or, that's a couple of sessions, and we're not going to cover that today. The, the short answer is: do not put investment generate uh, cash flow generating real estate in your IRA. That's a bad. That's a no. Don't do it. Okay, just stop. So, um, but stocks, bonds, mutual funds, these kinds of things, absolutely. And then finally, a language you need to know or have heard of is ERISA, Employee Retirement Income Security Act landmark legislation passed in 1974 to protect employees who participated in company retirement plans. And ERISA is, again, enabling legislation, and it is governed by the IRS, as well as a Department of Labor unit called EBSA, the Employee Benefit Security Administration. You may know, those of you that are employers, the DOL has what our attorney called broad powers. Yes, they oversee OSHA, Wage and hour and employee benefits. They have broad powers. And they are the golden-haired child of the federal system because they are a money-making machine. So let's move on. The short list of retirement plans is IRAs, SIP IRAs, simple IRAs, your profit-sharing and 401k plans, and then solo Ks and your defined benefit or cash balance plans. I've got about 10 minutes left. Let's talk about when you're an employer – when do you use which plan and how they work? Uh, the individual IRA, deductible and non-deductible, Roth IRAs, many people can contribute to those, but those of you listening are likely to have incomed out, meaning that there are income limits on your ability to make IRA contributions. So let's talk about SEP IRAs. <clears throat> so who would benefit from a SEP IRA? Here's been our experience, and I can give you a couple of examples. I remember a young lady, uh, she's still young, and um, I was once, but she'd started her own firm, and she was self-employed, and she was having a good year, and she hired her first employee, and she wanted to set some money aside, so we set up a SEP IRA for her. And she did not have to include her new employee because with a SEP IRA, 
you only are required to include employees if they are age 21 or more, they have worked with you at least three of the last five years, and they have earned at least currently $650 in each of those years. All right. So if you're if you're in if if you do consulting work, uh, if you're self-employed or do consulting work, and you've got a good healthy income, then and you don't have any common law or W two employees, then setting up a SEP IRA may be a good plan for you. And how much can you set aside? You can set aside up to the lesser of twenty five percent of your earned income, or sixty one thousand dollars. Now. SEP IRA contributions are employer contributions. If you're self-employed, it does not matter if you file on Schedule C or if you've set up an LLC or a sub-S or something like this. It's considered an employer contribution, not a personal contribution. So it reduces the business income that flows back to your personal return. So it's fully deductible uh, from that standpoint. You can set up a SEP IRA for tax year 2021 into 2022 as long as you set the account up and you fund the account prior to filing your business tax return. If you have common law employees and they are over 21 and they've been with you at least three of the last five and they have a meaningful salary, more than six fifty dollars a year, you must also include those employees. Give you an example. Let's say the employee makes 50000 you make 200000 You say, all right, I want to set aside 10% for me. Then you must set aside 10% for the employee. 20000 for you, 5000 for the employee. You get, you set up a SEP IRA account. You help the employee set up a SEP IRA account. You, the employer puts the money in. And the way SEP IRAs work, they're very simple to set up. They're easy to fund. Everything's easy about a SEP IRA. It's designed this way. When you set that money aside for the employee, it is immediately 100% vested in the employee. So you make the contribution today. Tomorrow is the employee's last day. That money belongs to them, period, paragraph, end of story. That's what you as the employer give up to have this really simple SEP IRA uh, to establish and get tax deductions for. So that's where you use a SEP. Now, let's say you've started hiring employees. They've been with you for several years. Um, the SEP is entirely employer-funded. So what do you go to next as your employee base grows? Well, that depends. One option is a simple IRA. So when do you move to a simple? Here's my recommendation. Here's what we've watched over the years. Let's say that you're an employer. You've got, a, you've got just a healthy small business here, here in um, America, you as the employer, you're making, I don't know, 150, 200 a year. You have eight or 10 employees. You pay them somewhere between 45 and 70,000 a year. And you're simply a fan of keeping things easy and clean and simple. All right. So pro- a, a, a good choice for you, a recommendation, not right now, but a good choice for you is a simple IRA. Employees, unlike a SEP, employees can put their own money into a simple IRA. So now you're starting that path or that journey of allowing your employees to participate in their own financial future and help them prepare well. Your employees can set aside 
as much as 100% of their income, earned income, up to the 2022 limits of $14,000, or if those employees turn 50 in 2022, they can go up to as much as $17,000, okay? So they do, the employees do get that catch-up provision if they turn 50 or they're over 50 already in 2022. Um, what do you as the employer have to do for that? You as the employer have two options. You can contribute 2% of payroll for all eligible employees, whether they participate or not, or you can match the employee contributions dollar for dollar up to 3%. So if an employee puts in 3%, you match it dollar for dollar up to 3%. Our experience tells us that you as the employer are better off with a dollar for dollar match up to 3%. That's the, what we always recommend when we set up a, a simple IRA for an employer. And... Uh, so if you as the employer, if you're in that 150 to 200 range in income, you like to keep it simple, your employees are in that 50 to 70 range, we found a simple IRA works well. Our experience is that finding a, a custodian for a simple is an interesting experience. Anybody will take your SEP IRA money. You open an account, you put money in, they send you a statement, you get the tax deduction. That's that's easy. All, all those various custodians I referenced will do that. We've only, we've only found two financial institutions that are good at simple administration. That's uh, Fidelity has a simple IRA manager. And then there's a, a company called Capital Group. It's the parent group of the American funds. And if you've been around the investment world for more than uh, a, couple, a couple of years, you've run across the American fund somewhere. Um, but Capital Group has a really good uh, simple IRA administration tool. So we found those two work really well when it comes to simple administration. Now, can you set up a simple IRA in 2022 for 2021? Nopers, you cannot do that. And the reason is that in order to set up a simple IRA, you're required to give the employees a 60-day notice. And the notice is, it's, there are templates for this. We, we've got them on file. If you want one, let us know, info at Centurion AG. But your employees are required to get this uh, disclosure as mandated by the legislation that says in 60 days we're going to be setting up a simple IRA. So if you want to set up a simple IRA in 2022, effectively about the first you can, about the earliest you can start is the 1st of April, and that means that you get those required notices out between now and the end of January. Moving on, talk briefly about 401k plans, which are uh, 401k and profit sharing plans, which are complex. 401k plans are the most common type of retirement plan. What is a 401k plan? It's nothing but a profit-sharing plan that allows employees to put their own money in under Section 401k of the code, which is why they're called 401k plans. And those limits this year are, if you're uh, 49 or younger in 2022, you can contribute up to $20,500. If, like me, you're 50 or older in 2022, you can put in up to $27,000. So those are your employee deferral limits. You've got that little catch-up thing because you get the age 50 bonus. So that's the way the 401, uh, that's the 401k deferral numbers. If you're an employer, okay, if you're an employer and you have one, a 401k or you're thinking about a 401k, let's talk about where does it fit. Okay. If you have more than 20, 25, 30, 40 employees, that's a good time to think about a 401k. 
or if you as an owner have incomes of 250, 400, 500, or on up into seven figures, and there are a number of you listening that are in that category, that's a great time to think about a 401k. Or if your employee wage base, that means how much you pay your people, okay? If you're in a, like, uh, technical services, engineering services, some specialty services where you've got a highly skilled employees, so that your average pay is a hundred and quarter, 150, 200, and we have seen some of those and have some of those as clients, yes, specialty services, those employees typically have more than thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars available to them to set in to put inside a uh, a retirement plan, and so your four hundred one k max deferrals are almost twice, not quite, but almost twice what your simple IRAs are. So where does a four hundred one k fit compared to simple? Number one, the owner's making two fifty or more. Number two. Your employee base is growing, and you need to focus on reward, recruit, retain. Number three, when you have a very high wage base that's well above the national average, you're getting to six figures as your average comp. Those are great times to think about a 401k plan. With 401k, every dollar that the employee puts in belongs to the employee. You as the employer, you will want to match. A common match is 50 cents on the dollar up to 6% deferred. 2021, 2022 is a very competitive, it's a very competitive hiring environment. It's not just whatever's going on in the last two years. Uh, there's some secular trends going on. We'll talk about secular trends and how they impact everything another day. But it's a competitive envir- environment for employees. If you are an employer, you might want to consider a dollar-for-dollar match on 6%. You might want to consider a safe harbor. If you install a safe harbor, that means employer dollars in a safe harbor match immediately 100% vest to the employee. There are several things you can do from a design standpoint, and 401k plan design is a session all to itself, and we may not do that on a podcast. Give us a call. We'll sit down and talk through this with you. That's uh, Those of you that are not interested in 401k design, it's, it's an excruciating conversation. So for those of you in Employers, though, let me talk to a few of you I know that listen to this. Here's the deal. You've got 8 or 10 or 15 employees. You're making $600,000, $800,000 a year as the employer. Here's what we found works really well. Install the 401k. Have a generous match. Every year, add a discretionary profit-sharing contribution. Okay? Now, the next thing you want to do is lay on top of your profit sharing slash 401k plan, lay on top of that a cash balance plan. So your company will have two retirement plans. Have a 401k, you'll have a cash balance plan. Now, from a design standpoint, you design these plans as an integrated approach to taking care of your employees, including ownership. Social Security was designed to be a safety net, and for most W-2 employees, Social Security is going to replace a third to maybe as much as 40% of their pre-retirement income. For those of you that are earning and have earned 
quarter million, half million, million, two million a year for a number of years. Social Security is not going to come close to replacing 10% of your income. Retirement plan design law recognizes this and allows you to install a combination plan, a 401k plan with profit sharing features for everyone, including you as owners. And then you lay on top of that a cash balance plan. And when you integrate those together, very high percentages of the cash balance benefit accrues to ownership, acknowledging that you as the owner need a way outside of Social Security to replace your income in the future. It's, it's simply built into retirement plan design philosophy. What we have witnessed is, well, I don't want to go into numbers here in front of God and everybody, but what we have witnessed is employers being able to set aside six, well into six figures of tax-deductible contributions into a cash balance plan, 90% plus of which accrues to ownership benefits. So if you'd like to talk more about that, um, you can reach me at 678-478-5781. You can email us, info at Centurion AG, or reach out to us through the website, several different ways. But that's it for today. Uh, that's probably all you want to hear about regarding retirement plans. If you want to talk more, you can find us. In the meantime, this is Randy Brunson on the pod, this episode of the podcast, Stewarding Family Wealth, here on Gwinnett Business Radio X.